Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby of Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and put your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. This is part two of a sermon that I titled Seven Aspects of Life That You've Been Searching For. And uh, if you missed last week's message, you could have gone to savethecowboy.com and watched it or livestream.com slash savethecowboy or even gone to our Save the Cowboy Facebook page. If you didn't, it's obviously that you, it's obvious that you hate Jesus, America, guns, Dr. Pepper, and wiener dogs, but that's okay. We forgive you, okay? We forgive you. Um, but next time, don't let it happen again, okay? Don't let it happen again. Last week, no, seriously. Last week, uh, we talked about uh, that, that we're all searching for a life of purpose, okay? A life of purpose. We talked about how we can find a life of joy. We talked about how we, we long for a life of adventure. We talked about how we, uh, what fulfills us is a life of love. So anyway, that's all I'm going to say about that. You can go back and watch it on live stream. You can go to savethecowboy.com, click on previous clinics, and watch last week's service. Uh, but last week I did leave you with a cliffhanger. I've never done that before. But uh, anyway, I was telling you about, you know, I was 19 years old, and um, I got a job on a South Texas ranch. And it was a very difficult time for me because all I wanted to do was be a cowboy and I was dating my high school sweetheart, the woman that I thought I would marry, and she knew that all I wanted to do was be a cowboy, so when I got this job, I thought she would be really excited, and she told me that if I took the job, that she would not wait on me, and it would be over, so I took the job, and I, I took it with literally a broken heart. I mean, it's easy for me to say now, but it, it was horrible back then. To, to be able to do something that you love and lose something that you love at the same time. So anyway, I, I went down here and, and the reason that this job was special was because it was the first ranch job, full-time ranch job, not a day working job, that I, I had all on my own. Now, you know, I was spent my high school years on the Rocker B Ranch at Big Lake, but my dad worked there. You know, I just, I wasn't a paid cowboy there at this time. Later on, I would be. But um, this was the first ranch job that I held on my own. And um, one morning, we were going to be clearing a pasture. We were going to be shipping a bunch of yearlings. And so they hired a couple of day workers, you know, down there. It's not like Colorado, okay? When I first, my very first time to ever work cattle in Colorado, there was like six of us. And we rode out in the pasture up on a hill and we could see everything and see every cow. And I was like, why are there six of us? You know, because I mean, down there, the, the, the pastures aren't measured in, in acres, they're measured in sections, and you can't see somebody 10 feet away, much less half a mile away that, that sometimes they can be. And so we, the, the ranch owner hired a couple of day workers to come in and help us gather and ship and sort and all of that stuff. And I, that morning, um, the horse that was roped for me was a, was a black horse named Conejo. Conejo means uh, rabbit in Spanish. I would later find out why his name was Rabbit. And uh, he liked to hop. And so anyway, I woke up that morning and it was a beautiful South Texas morning. 
the, there was overcast. It's hot down there. I mean, we're talking, this is in July, and it's hot every single day. It's humid. But this morning, man, there was kind of a cool breeze coming in off the Gulf, and uh, there was a layer of clouds, and it just felt good that morning. And so I'm riding old Conejo out there, and me and him are getting along pretty good. And uh, anyway, I was singing to him. I was, there was a popular song on the radio at the time by Toby Keith, and I was singing, I should have been a cowboy. I should have learned to rope and ride. I was doing good, man. It's like even better than that, if that's possible. And um, anyway, uh, Conejo didn't like my singing. Now, there's something that you have to understand that I was a pretty good rider. No, I was a pretty good not falling offer if we were walking or trotting or even loping, okay? But if a horse, you know, a, a lot of people don't understand this. There, there's acting up, okay? Some people fall off when, when a horse acts up. And then there's maybe like kicking a little bit or humping up. And, and then there's like maybe crow hopping. And then there's trying to kill you, okay? That's what Conejo was doing, okay? He was at level four. I'm talking about bog his head, grunt, kick up, and, and I tell you what, there is a lot of inspiration in not coming off of a horse in South Texas because everywhere there's a rock, a rattlesnake, or a thorn bush, or a cactus, or a mesquite tree, or something like that, and I was not going to come off. And for the first time in my life, I covered a horse in the pasture. I was like ecstatic. I mean, literally, the day could not get any better. I mean, once he stopped bucking, I was like, I, I never know what that was like. You know, I mean, I, now, okay, I, I need to back up. This is the first time out in the pasture, okay? I've been, you know, I'd kind of covered one that crow hopped a little or took a couple of jumps in the arena or anything, but we're talking about out in the pasture, nobody around, somebody's going to have to catch your horse if you don't hang on to it, one of those type things. So this is a great, great, great morning. And so anyway, I got him pulled up and talked out of it and we kept going and gathering. I still had to cheek him around some and I mean, he was a colt. And so Anyway, as, as you gather cattle, you, you start seeing other cowboys coming in with cattle, right? Or they're pushing some to you. And so uh, the guy on the outside of me was one of the day workers, and I'd heard that he was a heck of a hand, really, really good hand. And, man, I was feeling like a really good hand because I'd found some cattle on a colt that had tried to buck me off. I'm out, cowboy, baby. And so anyway, I started riding up there, and, and finally this, 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 this day worker he, he comes over to me, and, uh, man, I've got a big old smile on my face, feeling like I'm a cowboy. And he said something to me that took the smile right off my face. I mean, you, you, you couldn't have, I, I can't tell you. When I, when I tell you what it is, you're going to be like, why, why was that? But you have to understand, man, this, is, this was my dream, and, and I thought I was doing so good covered my first horse that really tried to buck me off out in the pasture and anyway this day worker he rides up to me and I'm smiling at him you know 19 year old kid just ecstatic with life and he rides up to me and what he said actually made a drastic impact on the rest of my life I didn't realize it until later but what he said to me was 
get out of that horse's mouth? Well, he said it a little bit differently than that, but for, for where we're at, we'll just stick with that. He said, get out of that horse's mouth. And I have to admit, I was in his mouth. Actually, his ears were about right here because he was still trying to buck me off and everything, and I wasn't going to give him the opportunity. And I thought I was doing good by keeping him, you know, keeping him from bucking and everything. You know, he, he didn't see what I'd gone through out in that pasture. Yeah, I had his ears in my lap, but, you know, I wasn't going to give him another shot at it. And who was this guy to take away my glory that morning? Who did he think he was? I didn't ask for his advice, but what if he was right? More importantly, what if I knew he was right? So I gave Conejo his head. But before I tell you what happened, let me fast forward and tell you what I learned from staying on Conejo that morning and what the cowboy said. See, the first thing that I learned from what he said is that we're all searching for a life of responsibility. A life of responsibility. See, a crazy thing happens when you take full responsibility for yourself. Absolute, total, full responsibility for yourself. Some crazy things happen. Number one, you quit blaming others for your physical and emotional well-being. When you take absolute responsibility, then you take full control of your physical and emotional well-being. See, all the time, you know, uh, we so and so said, and and I'm and I'm I'm as bad as anybody about it, but but I know better now, so I'm working on it, right? So how many times have you said, well, they made me mad? No, they didn't. They didn't make you mad. You chose to get mad at what they said. There's a difference. You chose to get mad at what they said. Or if somebody says, well, um, well, they hurt my feelings. No, you chose to get upset at what they had and you chose to take it personal instead of looking and seeing if there's any wisdom in what they're saying. Now, sometimes people are jerks. And if they're jerks, what do people always say? Well, consider the source. Well, we should. That doesn't mean it's always easy. But when you take full responsibility for your physical and emotional well-being, that is taking responsibility for yourself. You'll also quit making excuses for poor behavior. You'll quit making excuses for poor behavior. Well, I, I hate this. You see it all over social media. I'll treat you like you treat me, and if I'm treating you bad, you might take a look at yourself and see how you're treating me. Shut up, man. That's dumb. That is not what God called us to. He said, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Not to be a puppet. See, when, when other people can control you, man, all you are is a puppet. You're just a mirror to everybody else's emotions. We are to be raised above that, to become more than that. Quit excusing your poor behavior. Well, you know, I didn't have any money or I this. Or I, man, we make excuses for, for our poor behavior all the time. But when you take full responsibility, you quit making excuses for poor behavior. Another thing that happens when you take full responsibility for yourself is you don't feel the need to impress others anymore. You don't feel the need to impress others. I mean, how much, seriously, how much of our life is spent where we make decisions based upon what somebody else might think of us? We do it all the time, sometimes intentionally, but most of the time, unintentionally we're not going to do something because somebody might not like it or they'll make you know they'll make fun of me or or something 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 it's difficult but man when you take full responsibility for yourself you become 
And I don't, when I say okay with yourself, you know how hard you're working and you know the improvements that you need to make and, and what other people think and say, it doesn't matter. And you start to see when you take full responsibility, a life of full responsibility, you start to see just how powerful humility is and just how weak ego makes you. It's difficult, but it's worth it. And you know what? I, I'm going to be honest with you. I've only caught glimpses of that. So if you're like, well, I'll never get there. No, you can't. But it, but it takes, it takes uh, uh, what did my buddy call it? Persistency. He's here, so that's why I grinned at him. Man, if you, if you really want to achieve something, it takes persistency. Persistence and consistency. Persistency. I don't know if it's a word. He doesn't know if it's a word, but it's a good word. We can make stuff up if it works. Persistency. Man, we need to be persistent, consistent in humility and shucking away pride because see what pride always does is compares one thing to another. And I'm not talking about the pride where you're, you know, you're proud of your kid's good grades. There's nothing wrong with that. We're talking about the bad part of pride, which is more like ego that you think you're better than somebody else or maybe you think somebody else is better than you. Both of them are equally bad. They're a deviation from zero. It doesn't matter. 10 is as far from zero as negative 10, okay? Everybody say, oh, you gotta have a high self-esteem. That's still focused on self. Low self-esteem is still focused on self. That's a deviation from zero, okay? But humility is zero, is the balance point. It's where God wants us. It's not thinking too highly of ourselves. It's also not thinking too lowly of ourselves, knowing that God loves us. But listen, when I tell you to take full responsibility for your life, you have to understand one thing. Not everything that happens in your life is gonna be your fault. Sean's one of the best, best horsemen I've ever had the privilege of riding with. So is Ty, both of them injured this year. And neither one of them didn't do anything wrong. Not everything that happens to you is gonna be your fault, but it is your responsibility. It was Sean's responsibility of how he was gonna handle his face being caved in. And I think he handled it amazing. Better than me, they'd have told me that, I'd have been freaked out. He's like, okay, even Ty, you know, Ty calls me. Horse fell on me, broke my leg on the way to the emergency room. We can't go to Montana. Just, just like that. I mean, no big deal. Not everything that happens is your fault, but it's still your responsibility. It's Ty's responsibility on how he's going to take care of himself. Just like Brett's taking kind of good care of himself. And <laughs> can't keep him away, man. Didn't know if I'm going to have to fire him to make him. I wasn't going to fire him by any means, but anyway. Everybody has, you, it's still your responsibility. Even when something's not your fault, it's still your responsibility on how you deal with it. In Romans chapter 14, verse 10, it says, remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. And, if you, and, it, and it gives some scripture from the Old Testament right there in verse 11. But in verse 12, it says, yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. You are responsible for your relationship with God. You are responsible for your life. On that day, when you stand before the boss, there will be no explanations and no excuses. None. God is going to look into your heart and know whether Jesus Christ was your Lord and Savior and did you have a personal relationship with him. Or are you going to holler out to Jesus, well, Jesus, I, I knew you. And he's going to say, but I didn't know you. See, a lot of us are fans of Jesus. We know that he died on a cross. We know that he had some 
cowboys, like 12 of them that rode with him and one of them betrayed him. We might know a lot about Jesus, but are you pards? It, 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 do you ride with him every single day? Or are you just a fan of his? Fan, fans don't get into heaven. Only those that are forgiven get into heaven. And only those that are forgiven have a relationship with God where they give their lives to him. It's your responsibility. And whether you know it or not, your heart yearns for a life of responsibility. The second thing I learned, or number six in the seven aspects of the life that you've been searching for, is we're all looking for a life of growth. An ancient philosopher once said, the more you know, you know that you don't. Or in other words, the more wise you become, the more you understand just how little you truly know. See, a know-it-all knows nothing. You know, I mean, and even the wisest people will tell you, I know, I have learned that I know next to nothing. But that doesn't mean that we don't settle for a life of growth. Never stop learning. Never settle for, you know, complacency of just stagnation. Push yourself to grow every single day. And you know what? You can't grow if you always think you're right. My wife has to tell me all the time, she's like, you always think you're right. And I tell her, of course I think I'm right. Why would I intentionally be wrong, right? But I, I usually do think I'm right, but a lot of times time will tell that I was not right. I do try to make the right decision, with, with the information and the circumstances and stuff like that. But just because I may think I'm right at that time, <laughs> it turns out that I'm right far less often than, than I think, okay? But are we willing to admit that? Or, or maybe instead of just thinking that we're right, maybe we need to ask some wise friends of ours. Or maybe we need to pray about something before we make a decision. You can't grow if you think you're always right. And wisdom doesn't mean that you're always right. Wisdom means that you're willing to discover the truth. Wisdom means that you're willing to grow from it. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, some of you are going to be really shocked that the Bible says this, okay? You're going to be really shocked. The writer of Hebrews says, so let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Doesn't that seem weird? And he says it right there. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely, now a lot of you is like, well, what are the basic teachings about Christ again and again that he's talking about? So he tells it. He said, surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds. Man, th th that's what the writer is saying here. He's like, man, that, this is baby stuff, man. This is where we spoon feed you. Don't do stupid stuff, okay? Stay away from the things that God says hurts you because it will hurt you, right? The writer of Hebrews is, is saying, man, that, that's, that's, man, that's two plus two. You should be way beyond that now, but some of us aren't. We're not way beyond it, man. We're still struggling. We're like two plus two, three. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. He's saying that that's basic. We should have already had that down by now. A lot of us don't have it down, do we? Man, 
We're still working on those two things. Maybe you need to grow. Maybe I need to grow. We need to grow beyond this. Man, put the stuff down that you don't need to be having and take hold of the stuff that you should have. You don't need further instruction about baptism. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> you know what he's saying right there? Man, if you haven't been baptized, why not? Because you're not going to grow until you do what God has already told you to do. And he told every believer to repent and be baptized, every one of you. So if you haven't been baptized, man, no wonder you're stuck. No wonder you're right where you are. This is basic stuff, man. This is two plus two. Well, it's just not the right time. Man, we should be filling up a bathtub somewhere. If you haven't been baptized, let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. You don't need further instruction about baptism or prayer or the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. He's even saying right there, this, this heaven and hell preaching is so basic, you should already understand that. Why do we have to keep going over and over and over? If you got God in your life, you're going to heaven. If you don't, if you got Jesus in your heart, you're going to heaven. If you don't, you go to hell. Oop. Simple, two plus two. You can't do anything to earn it. You can't do anything to lose it. It's faith, elementary, two plus two. And so, God willing, we will move forward to further understanding, to further understanding. A life of growth isn't easy. In fact, it can be quite painful at times. Ask three of the four cowboys we have. <laughs> While it's not an easy life, an easy life will not satisfy you. That's why we need the last aspect of life that you've been searching for. You know what the last one is? It's really the reason I'm a Christian and the reason I'm a cowboy. Here it is. You may not know it, but you've been searching for a life that will show you what you're made of. You need a life that will show you what you're made of. You need a life that will show you that you are capable of more. If your life doesn't test you, that means it's killing you. I'm not talking about a job. I'm talking about a mindset. Are you pushing yourself to grow? Do something that makes you come alive instead of all the things that make you feel dead inside. The most dangerous thing you will ever do is wake up the sleeping giant of who you really are. The most dangerous thing you will ever do is wake up the sleeping giant of who you could be. And I'm here to tell you that I'm looking at every one of you and I'm most, the rest of the 95% of what I'm fixing to say, I'm talking to myself. You are capable of more than what you're doing right now. And I'm not talking about your job and I'm not, I'm not even talking about the materialistic world. I am talking about you are capable of more in your marriage. You are capable of more in your parenting. You are capable of more in your relationship with God and you stinking know it. The most dangerous thing you will ever do is wake up the sleeping giant of who you really could be. This giant is the absolute best version of yourself and we've all got a ways to go. Why aren't we going towards that? I mean, even talking to Craig this morning, you had a brain aneurysm, nearly died out in the pasture. Nobody's ever gonna wanna come to save the cowboy again. <laughs> but, you know, he told me this morning, he's like, man, the things that used to really get under my skin, I'm like, who cares? <laughs> he said, it's not worth it, you know? It's not worth the headache, literally. 
That's what we were talking about. You know, I've been having high blood pressure issues. I used to think that, that was cliche. It is not cliche. It is not worth the headache at all. This giant that God can wake up inside you is the absolute best version of yourself. It is courage, honor, respect, integrity, strength, and truth. Man, all of those things, courage, see, honor, respect, integrity, strength, truth. That spells out Christ. Those are some of the qualities that we should be exhibiting every single day in life in order to grow. You gotta quit shying away from the test. Gotta quit shying away from the test. You know what you should, everybody always tells me, well, I don't know what to do. Yes, you do. You just don't wanna do it because you know it's gonna be hard. Take the test. Don't shy away from it. You wanna know what happened with Conejo and I? I gave him his head and he made a heck of a horse and he made me a heck of a rider. And what I learned that day is that there's a difference between not falling off and riding. I thought those two things were the same thing. I thought if you didn't fall off, you were riding. I was so wrong. I was so wrong. Most of us today in our Christianity, we're just trying not to fall off into hell, right? We're just trying not to fall off. But that doesn't mean you're riding. That does not mean that you're riding because there's a big difference in trying not to fall off into hell and riding for the Lord. Let go of the reins and give them to God. Let's go to him in prayer. God, we've all been searching for something. We have a longing inside to be more than we are today. We long for a life of purpose and joy and adventure and love and responsibility and growth and to find out what kind of metal we are really made of. But we can't find this trail alone. This trail isn't one through life, it is life. The trail to follow is a man, your son named Jesus Christ, a name above all names, a king above all kings. Let us follow him to maturity and receive the grace and mercy promised to those that love him. And it's in his name we pray.